Hello, very good evening. Welcome to Wednesday night on Instagram Live with the Dan Nichols Show presented by Brightrock. And we hit the middle of the week on an almighty high as we say good evening tonight. One of my favourites on African athletes, someone who's been on the Dan Nichols Show before and somebody who has got a fabulous story to tell, a great Olympian, a fantastic South African hockey player, and, and that's where a sports story could have ended. Uh, but in many ways, it, it only just began there because it uh, shot off into the world of corporate sports, and she's now running one of the biggest brands in the world in terms of their office here in South Africa from a marketing perspective. Uh, it's just really cool on top of that. So we've got uh, Kate Woods, joining us uh, very shortly she's uh, going to be with us talking about uh talking about all manner of things talking about the olympics talking about her career uh talking about the uh, uh there we go i think we've got her in talking about the uh, uh, the world of sport and uh and having a look at this tremendous career that she's had it's been a busy week for us we've had some great guests on Art matthews kicked us off yesterday uh, last night we finally got john smith on the 2007 World Cup winning Springbok captain um, and uh, yeah that's uh, oh, that's been the week so far but uh, uh, Kate is up with us in uh, just a moment in fact there is uh, I think Kate shows oh, there we go Kate Hello, how are you I am all the better for seeing my very favourite person at Adidas. And I know Adrian D'Souza and Howard Kahn are watching. I don't care. I'm saying it's in public. <laughs> How are you? How are you doing? We, we are good here, thanks. All, all is good. Still at the office, wrapping up a, a nice hard day. Um, all is good in the Eddie world. And it's a world that I want to delve into in a little more detail because it's a fascinating one. It's one that we're very lucky in both the Dan Nichols show and in my own capacity to have a relationship with. In fact, I was counting how long I've been with Adidas since uh, Adrian D'Souza very kindly first <laughs> brought me into the Adidas family. It made me feel about 70. Um, but we'll, uh, we'll get to that in a moment. I'd like, I'd like to kick off with, with how we first got to know you as this uh, uh, exciting young hockey player who burst onto the scene with loads of potential and, uh, and the chance to, uh, uh, to really make something in the world of hockey. Talk to us a little bit about those early days and about when you first thought that, that maybe playing for South Africa, playing international hockey was something you might be able to do. Dan, I had such an amazing career, 10 years uh, strong for the national team and honestly the best 10 years ever. Carries so many memories, um, but lots of hard work to get there. So actually, I think I, I was about um, 12 or 13 when I, when I stuck a, a, a sign up on my cupboard door that said Athens 2004. So I was a young teenager aspiring to Olympic dreams um, from a very young age. And really, while I played many sports at school, hockey just captured my heart from the start. And so um, I was so fortunate enough after some hard work and, and some opportunities to, to make the team. And yeah, a 10 year strong uh, career and one that I miss desperately. I'm sure you do because it becomes such a rich part of not just your sporting life, but your life as a whole. You develop this hockey family. When you first stepped into that hockey family, though, what was it like? What was it like running out onto that field for the very first time representing your country? Dan, Dan I was like Bambi in the headlights. Honestly, it was just the most surreal moment. Actually, I'll never forget. It was in the riveting uh, city of Potchefstroom, and it was against um, Great Britain. 
and um, I was playing in sort of the SAA team and I, I remember the coach calling me in um, the night before the, the national team played and she said, you've got the call up, we'd like you to play. And uh, I'll never forget my mum and my gran at the time hopped in their car in Durban and drove through to Poch, my brother as well from Joburg and they were all there in the stands to, to support me in uh, 2003, May of 2003 for, for my first test match. Um, absolutely incredible experience. Very much a bent warmer, running on uh, to some tired legs, carrying the water bottles, mixing the juices, probably doing the laundry as well. But uh, you know that comes with the with the job of being a freshie. Yeah, you had a decade and more playing for South Africa. You gave us a huge amount of pleasure, as uh, as did the rest of your team. What was, if you look back over that career? the absolute high point, but also for, from a point of learning and a point of perspective, well, what was the toughest, what was the darkest moment in that hockey career? Sure. Um, now you, you take me back, a million memories. Um, for sure, the, the three Olympic Games have to stand out. And honestly, they stand out for different reasons. Uh, 204 was, was Athens, the birth of the Olympic Games. And I, like I said, I was quite a junior in the team. So just incredible to experience a tournament um, at this level. Um, 08 was probably my best in terms of performance on the field, um, part of the leadership team and, and certainly um, contributing and probably playing, you know, really good level of, of hockey at that time. And then 2012, um, I was already a mom and, uh, and working flat out at Adidas and uh, Giles Bonnet gave me the opportunity to return to the team. And, you know, this was just such a different experience because all of a sudden I was juggling, you know, sort of the area of competing for my country, being a mom and, and a wife, and then also having a career that had started. Um, so it was a juggling act of note. Um, I think everything was in perspective. And honestly, it, attending those games for me was, was actually probably my highlight. Um, just sort of being able to, you know, to be across both athlete and family woman and, uh, and career woman. Uh, it was certainly demanding, but, but incredible. Um, the qualification for this tournament in Delhi um, the year before, actually, sorry, the February of 2012, this was insane. Um, we are in the final against India, in India, you'll know from, from cricket days, um, you know, the crowds and just what this meant. Um, we win the game, you're on your way to your third Olympics, you lose the game, you're not, and career over. So this was for me also like a huge steep learning curve in terms of really BMT um, was needed and playing to the strategy, not minding about the crowds and any other distractions, um, really just getting down to it. And it, it was oh, a, a big sporting uh, moment for us. Um, also setting a, a record at, at, at 2012 in London. I mean, we, uh, we beat America. We had to beat the USA by five goals. Um, they were ranked nine, we were ranked 12, but a win by five goals. Um, and we, we beat them 7-1, absolutely incredible moments. Um, yeah, in, in Athens as well, um, although we finished 10th um, or 9th, sorry, we finished 9th, but uh, we actually beat the gold medalists, Germany, 3-0, thanks to Pizzi Kutsia netting a few goals. So, you know, there have been like, just so many moments, highlights, um, learnings along the, along the way. Um, I think certainly, you know, while I say 2012 was a highlight, it, it was probably also um, a, a really demanding and tough year, just with all that I had on, um, but one that I look back on like proudly. Um, so, yeah, lo lots of memories I could sit and, and chat for the, for the rest of the evening on that. 
And, and I think your appreciation, and I can see the, the joy written large on your face as you think back to those times, as a context that a lot of other professional sports would never get to understand, because without taking anything away from a Springbok team or a Proteus team or a Banyano or a Bafana team, uh, they've got the support, they've got the backup, they are professional players by and large, uh, they are focused entirely on sport. You guys, it might be 2012 where you're working in Adidas in a month, but even if it's 08 or 04, you're not being paid for what you do quite frequently, you're having to pay to get to do what you do. And so what might seem, I suppose, like a, a, a small victory for us on the outside probably meant so much more for you guys on the inside. Absolutely. You know, these sort of minority sports are, are played with sheer passion um, and the commitment uh, to the game, both financially, physically, everything. You know, you put your life on hold. You dedicate your life to the sport for a period of time. Um, but at the same time, you know, you have to look after uh, what comes next and, and the career that follows and, and everything else. So, yeah, it's very demanding, Dan. Um, we were certainly fortunate to have wonderful sponsors uh, along the way, Spa and Investec, um, Adidas, um, when I was playing, but I'm, I'm also looking at the team now thinking, wow, what a tough journey ahead of Tokyo, um, you know, having to come up with the money themselves to, to go to the Olympic Games. Um, I was fortunate not to be in that position, but it's, it's a real problem and challenge for, for sort of the smaller sports, I would say. Um, the passion is real, uh, but it, it's tough. Can you put a finger on that? Because it's, it's a question all of us who love hockey. I played hockey through university, through school, club hockey. Uh, so many of us love the game. And at school level, it's hard to find a game that's got a more passionate following, that people are more engaged with. And yet somehow it just does not seem to translate into commercial success, into consistent backing of our national teams to take advantage of the enormous talent we have. What are we missing? Where are we going wrong? Mm -hmm. Dan, you know, I think in the past um, it was criticised as not being a, you know, a good sport to follow on TV. Um, also, yeah, I, I think um, sponsors weren't weren't ready to to really break the cycle um, of really putting investment behind the sport and, and getting other sponsors on board to to follow suit. So while Investec did, you know, unfortunately their time ran out and no other big brands or businesses or sponsors came on to, to support, um, which meant that post-school, a lot of the, the best talents leave the country and they go and play in international leagues, um, certainly in the Premier League in the UK and France, Amsterdam, the Dutch League is amazing, the German League is amazing, even in America now. So, you know, they get pulled away um, from our club league here um, to go and make a living uh, from hockey. Um, it's unfortunate that it, it's not the case here. Um, you know, at Adidas now in my role, you know, I get to, to look back at this um, and sort of say, what can we do to, to break the cycle? And certainly what we're doing, I, I can't say it's, it's, it's hockey specifically, but what we're doing is, is trying to understand how we can invest in, in more female athletes. Um, you know, we've got so many male sporting icons that we can just slip out, uh, you know, off the tongue and, and mention many of them. But, but who are those female heroes and those female icons? And, and we're really committed to breaking barriers um, that are there for her to play sport, um, for her to rise, um, and really, you know, just be an inspiration to, to young and up-and-coming female um, sporting uh, stars. So I think it's, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a bold move from brands and sponsors to get behind these, these sports. Um, it's never going to stop the passion. It's never going to stop, I think, the the participation levels at school level, um, but it requires a lot on many levels um, to get the sport to, to more of a professional level. We're at a time now when the extraordinary environment we live in as a, as a world is 
uh, put the brakes on a lot of things. And I think we understand and appreciate that. But that notwithstanding, if we look at everybody from Naomi Osaka to the American women's football team to uh, somebody locally like a Casta Semenya or good friend of us, Nani Mangisa, uh, we look at women's teams, women's sports people, women commentators, the female voice in sport has become not just a lot louder, but I think a lot more appreciated and, and the, the value thereof is being seen. Uh, throw out the fact that you're an incredibly successful female athlete, just looking at it from a commercial perspective now, are you getting a real sense that beyond just Adidas and Kate driving it out of her office, that the world of business and sport are starting to see, well, hang on, there's uh, both uh, a need to be doing this because it's the right thing to do, but also yeah. it's commercially a very viable direction to go in. Absolutely. We're seeing it, um, we're, we're seeing it from many, many brands and businesses um, that are starting to recognize and appreciate um, women in sport. Uh, more and more and and this is incredible and it should not stop i mean you look at you look at female football um you look at the last world cup you know viewership was was higher than the men's um you look at um rising stars laura volfart and the likes of our proteas um doing incredible things and like you said not only on the field but you know commentators coaches referees um it's incredible to see the rise of women in sport um, but it's just the start, Dan. There's so much more that we have to do. And so we have to challenge ourselves in everything that, you know, we're looking at it with, with um, you know, an equal view. Um, so it's not only how many, how many people we have in our sports marketing portfolio, it's, it's really looking at the shape of it. You know, how many, um, how, how evenly split are we gender-wise, race-wise, ability-wise, sporting code-wise? I think it's just important to show diversity in sport um, across, across all levels. Um, and so this is what we're about. We believe that sport changes lives. And so we're trying to make sure that we provide more access to sport, but at the same time that it becomes a very sort of equal, diverse and inclusive world. Uh, we'll see a situation in about 20 years time when male commentators are pleading for men to be given equal <laughs> funding and the chance to catch up with women in the sports marketing space. And I, I say that only partly frivolously because I think it is heading in a really strong direction. And in enunciating all of that for us and doing so very passionately, it partly answers what would have been my segueing question out of your career because you you had the Adidas career kick in well before the hockey ended, and that's part of being a hockey player. You've got to be working somewhere and doing something because that's kind of how the game works. Was was that a big advantage for you in terms of moving out of sport and into life uh, thereafter, having had all that experience? It's been the most phenomenal journey, and I and I openly openly and unashamedly. Um, really just share how passionate I am about Adidas and how grateful I am to them. Because not only did they sponsor me as an athlete, they also helped me set up my career and my professional career for life after sport. And, um, you know, everything I've learned on the sports field, I can very seamlessly and easily translate into the workplace. Um, every life lesson learned along the way, um, I'm, I'm using today in, in, in sort of my leadership skills in the workplace. Um, and the best thing is that, you know, I've experienced the brand as an athlete. I then was a part-time you know, tech rep. I then became a, a permanent staff member and now I'm one of the leaders of the business. And it's, it's just amazing to have gone through this whole journey with Adidas um, and to carry you know, all the lessons along the way. So hugely grateful always. And I think, uh, you know, I think that the blend of, of having that sort of athlete career and now also having the professional career is, is really special. It, it certainly helps 
helps one helps the other. Give us a snapshot of this post-hockey Adidas career. You were Cape Town. It was then off to the Middle East. You then got dragged in to fix the business in Germany. And now they sent you back to run the entire continent down in Africa. Uh, give us how, how all of that worked and how that journey has played out for you. Oh, thanks. It's, again, been absolutely wonderful having all these opportunities. You know, in a, being part of a global brand affords you um, opportunities elsewhere. And so, yes, I was, I was asked to, I was heading up the, the running business unit for Adidas South Africa, and I was asked to move across to Dubai, the Middle East, to, to run the running business unit for emerging markets, is what we called the region. Um, and soon after, so plucked up the courage to move our family of five across to Dubai, which wasn't uh, an easy feat. Um, we have three little boys. Um, Sammy, I think, was four or five at the time, and then we have twin boys. Uh, hard work that were two at the time and obviously my husband had his own um, uh, career so it was a big decision uh, but we took the plunge and it was absolutely incredible and one thing led to the other so that once we had the courage to do the first move um, the second move actually uh, presented itself shortly after so we only spent 18 months in Dubai and then we were we were asked to move across to Europe um, I was still heading up the running business unit for for market Europe which was incredible I mean we were based at the global headquarters um, so just imagine every sport under the sun on this global headquarter campus in the middle of this tiny village in Germany, probably never heard of it, called Herzogenaurach, home of Adidas and Puma. Um, but that opportunity was just insane, you know, in, in this real environment of many international cultures um, coming together to work on, on this global brand. And uh, I was there for two and a half years um, and then home was calling. And so um, there was a position here to head up the marketing department for Adidas South Africa and um, was wonderfully uh, yeah, granted the opportunity to return home and um, to use all the experience um, that I had gained uh, through my travels to come and bring back and, and add some value to our local business here. Which is exciting on so many levels because A, you're just home, which I know is great, but also uh, there seems to be so much energy. And I use that word quite deliberately. I've had Adidas at the moment <laughs> here in South Africa. And it, it, look, it's a brand I know well, so I'm not entirely uh, objective when it comes to it. And as a show, we know the brand well. Uh, but you, you seem to be a brand that is very quick to embrace not just what is good for the company, but what is good for the community. Uh, and a lot of your initiatives therein, be they initiatives based around the environment, be they initiatives based around people. And it does seem to be a very fundamental aspect of the philosophy of the brand in general, but, but here in South Africa in particular. Yeah, absolutely, Dan. Thank you. You hit the nail on the head there. And it's, it's something we're passionate about. You know, our belief is that through sport, we have the power to change lives. And, and that's exactly what we, what we want to do. And so we're also very fortunate that we've had the freedom um, to really invest in things that matter most. And right now, in this world, um, we need to provide a lot of hope, a lot of belief, and a lot of inspiration. We need to keep everyone healthy and active. Um, and so that's what we're trying to do. And so, yes, our products are, are built. Um, you know, we need to, to drive innovation. They're built to um, drive credibility in both sport and style. But at the same time, as mentioned, we're passionate about breaking barriers for women in sport. We want to be more inclusive. Um, and a very big strategic pillar of ours is sustainability. I'm very proud to say that today, 75% of our products are made from sustainable materials. And there's a strong commitment that by 24, 100% of our range will be sustainable. Um, and so, yes, there's a, there's a firm commitment around, around all of this. 
Um, but I think, you know, we're, we're an attractive industry at the moment where, you know, through this global pandemic, I think everyone has sort of taken a step back, taken a breath and understood that health is everything. And um, actually physical and mental wellness is, is everything and, and everything we have to protect right now. So um, through our product launches, we're not just about selling product now, we're about, you know, activation and purpose-driven um, action. And so with every sort of product launch, we're, we're trying to make sure that there's a very a purpose side to it. Um, so that's, I mean, how rewarding that this is my job. This is what I get to do. <laughs> it's, uh, and it's one that you've seen from many different angles, starting off as a player backed by Adidas, which leads me into looking at the athletes you have. And athlete activism is a space that we're starting to understand a lot more of and see a huge amount more of. Uh, Give us your, your thoughts on, on that space with, with athletes today around the world and how it's no longer about, well, here's the brand and they're paying me a check and off I go and we're all happy. It's, it's far more fundamental than that and far more engaged than that now. A hundred percent. Absolutely. And it doesn't just start and stop with our athletes. You know, our consumers are, are telling us that they're only really going to buy into a brand that shares the same belief and values as them. And, and that's important to our athletes. You know, we, we're not just writing a check and handing over some product. Um, you know, the relationship and the partnership is, is really, really key. Um, it's phenomenal. An example like Sia Colisi, absolutely phenomenal that we've been with him from day dot. Um, he's only ever worn rugby, uh, Adidas rugby boots. Um, and we've sort of sponsored him and, and, and been alongside him throughout his whole journey. Um, he's just recently signed a, a deal on a global level. He's a global athlete for Adidas. Um, and we are now also not only um, looking after him, but we're investing in the Kulisi Foundation and to make sure that, you know, using um, Sia's voice and, and his mission and values and passion that, that we come to uh, get behind that and invest in it. So, you know, it's also about... Uh, about building and um, talent the next year, Kulisi, um, but also really giving back to, to his foundation. So um, athletes around the world um, are demanding more than, than just the product sponsorship. Um, you know, it, it really is a partnership and, and investing into, in, in what they believe in um, and helping them, um, you know, stand up for, for rights that they believe in, helping them to, to be activists um, in the industry that they want to support. So, yeah, it's... it's um, as I, as I mentioned, I think purpose just comes to mind. It's, it's, it's a lot more purposeful now. And, uh, and athletes, you know, we had this wonderful panel of athletes, diverse athletes last year that really spoke about um, what motivates them to compete in sport. Um, and it's so much bigger than sport always. There's always an angle to it. There's always something that's much bigger than themselves and much bigger than the sport. And that's what motivates and drives them. And this is, this is what's really incredible at the moment. Probably the pandemic has, has really brought that out the most. Um, but it's very special to see. And uh, I think as my, uh, my good friend and, uh, and uh, business partner, Kelvin Ward, often says, it, it strikes a chord of authenticity. And that's uh, exactly what you get with athletes today. And it's exactly the reason plus the sustainability that I uh, re-signed my, uh, my swimwear deal with Adidas, which I'm very excited about taking forward. Uh, I want to come back to the Adidas. Your body. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I want to come back to, uh, to Adidas just a little later because we've got a really cool announcement. We've got a great prize to give away. Uh, but I want to have a look at the world now and uh, back to a world that you know particularly well. Uh, you spent uh, three of them 
uh, living it up with the world's best athletes and, uh, and parading around in South African colors very proudly. Uh, the Olympics 2020 became the Olympics 2021, or did they? Um, we're not really sure. Uh, nobody seems to be. We spoke to your old teammate, and I say old specifically, Sanani Magisa, last <laughs> week. Uh, she was hopeful, mainly because I think she just wants to go on holiday uh, to Japan. Uh, what are your thoughts? Will the Games go ahead? Can they go ahead? Is it, is it feasible this year? It's a big call, Dan, and I'm no expert on, on the topic. Um, I can only just give my, my humble opinion. I believe the Games will go on. I believe they should go on with all sincerity and, and caution. I understand, you know, the, the severe loss we've suffered across the world and, and health is number one. Um, so, you know, if, it's, if there's another wave and if there's anything that would endanger both the local Japanese um, or our athletes, you know, we don't want to take risks. However, I, I do believe and hope that um, by July, um, you know, things have settled a bit and that um, the athletes would be able to compete. I'm not sure in front of any crowd, um, but I, I just strongly believe that, um, you know, you dedicate four years of your life um, to this event. And if there's any small chance it can happen um, within, you know, safety measures, um, that it should. Uh, an Olympic medal is an Olympic medal. Uh, this experience is still um, the most incredible experience for any athlete. Um, it is the pinnacle of, of, of their sport. And so I believe that um, if we can navigate the, the, the circumstances and, and do it in a safe way, that, that they should go on. Um, it's tough. It will not be the same. Um, but that's okay. Um, I, I still believe that as an athlete, I would, I would want to compete. And, you know, there's some that, that will miss the cycle. And so this might be their only Olympic chance. Um, I was very fortunate to have a few, but, but not many do. And so if this is their only, their, their only chance, um, you know, they'll forever be an Olympian afterwards. And so I believe that they would still want to go. But like I said, um, within the right sort of safety environment. If, uh, if you were hauled out of retirement tomorrow and asked, <laughs> okay, give us one more go, would you feel safe? Would you feel comfortable getting on that plane to Tokyo? Dan, I think this is a very personal question. Um, you know, I, I, I can't speak on behalf of everyone. I really can't. As, as Kate, um, again, I would probably weigh up um, the, the safety aspect and, and the risk um, if I felt it was safe enough for me to compete, um, then, I, then I would want to and I would go. Uh, but if there was any risk, um, it, it's, it's not worth it. As, as I've just mentioned, you know, there's nothing bigger than, the sport, than sport and, and athletes. Um, health is everything. Having loved ones in your lives is everything. And so I, I guess that's why I say um, I'm no expert on this topic. Um, and I, I can't say for certain if it would or wouldn't happen. But I just know that I would, I'd be very hopeful that I, I would be able to compete. Um, and give everyone those those Olympic dreams. It is it is such a difficult one to juggle around. Uh, I think a lot of us have looked at the Australian Open and the challenges they've had with just one yeah. sport, and thinking, how do you translate that to the sheer size of the athletes and the volunteers and the coaches in Tokyo? Mm -hmm. uh, and then the thought maybe of you know, Akani Sabine wins gold in the hundred meters, and eleven people are there to watch it uh, live. Yeah. It's, so many different questions, but uh, yeah, there yeah. is no real answer. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and we hope that the billions are still watching him just from the comfort of and safety of their own home. Um, but, you know, I, I think the athletes would still be heroes in our eyes and, and we'd still get to celebrate their amazing. 
that's important, is that uh, we need to make sure that it's, it is safe. Um, and so probably, you know, filling up stadiums is, is not the way to go. Uh, so, so I'm saying yes to the Olympics, but I'm saying um, behind closed doors. Hmm. All right. Well, you'll have a very disappointed Sanani Mangisa, who's already got a flights booked, I think, <laughs> and hope it, uh, it does play out. A uh, couple, uh, couple of athletes' questions as we, uh, as we draw towards the end. Uh, you watch very closely the, the wide spectrum of sport. We've got so many exciting mm -hmm. athletes in South Africa. You mentioned somebody like Laura Walvoort, best cover drive in cricket at the moment, uh, one of many youngsters coming up. Uh, give us a few names we might not find so instantly recognisable who we should maybe be keeping an eye out for, young, young South Africans who you think in uh, any particular sport might be making a splash in the next, uh, next couple of years? So, so I know that uh, a lot of sporting codes, um, you know, the, the participants aren't yet 100% finalized. So I'm actually keeping a close eye to see exactly who's going. Um, I know that, um, yeah, in, in the hockey space, I mean, the teams are now centralized. They're working together, training together, living together in a, in a bubble for the next 12 weeks. So a lot of youngsters in that squad and amazing to see their commitment in case and should the games go on. Um, track and field. Um, Anne Renee is a, is a name. Um, she's in the Paralympic um, Games, 400, 200 meter sprinter. Um, this will be her third Olympics. You know, she was a silver medalist um, at the last Games. Um, so obviously, you know, someone that, that we're starting to, to work with and partner with as a brand and just so proud, proud of her. Um, the obvious names of, of Wade and Akani, of course, uh, you know, who we're watching very, very closely. Um, Lyle Foster is uh, someone we celebrate here. Um, you know, I think the youngest Orlando Pirates uh, football player at the age of 16. Um, he's playing abroad at the moment and he gets to come back and, and, uh, and, and go to the Olympics should our, our football team go. Um, I'm not close to the swimmers. I, I, I will get closer to them, but also as a sporting code, I just love to watch um, at the Olympics. Um, I, I think they're going to be a couple of... Um, a couple of, uh, of, of new names and new stars um, coming through. And as, as, soon as, as soon as those athletes are confirmed, it would be great to, to stay close to that. Uh, water polo, if I may mention, Dan, might even have an outside chance of going, both the men's and women's teams, which would be incredible. Which, uh, which preempts uh, the next question I was going to ask you. Uh, surely there must be three young Woods boys <laughs> who've got the, not the potential, but the probability of either being world record holders or Olympic medalists in something because their mother is the greatest South African hockey player ever. Their father, and if you've never met Duncan Woods, imagine Dolph Lundgren, but just going to the gym more often. Uh, you've got Duncan Woods, the South African men's water polo captain. Uh, how, how sporty are the boys? And, and how difficult is it, for, given that both you and your husband are uh, national sports stars, you played at the highest level, you're Olympians, uh, you've kind of got a part of you, I'm sure, would love to see them flourish in sport, but you also just want to let them be kids and, and see where they go in their own steam. Exactly, Dan. And I can tell you they are sport mad, but none of them have started playing polo or hockey. So should we be worried? And <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess... I guess our travels, you know, have taken us to Dubai and, and Germany and now back home. So um, some of the sports weren't offered where we were living. Um, they are absolutely mad cricketers, soccer players, rugby players. 
um, but they haven't yet taken to their parents' sports. But um, I'm pretty sure that um, we're going to just make sure that they, they compete and participate in, in as many sports as they can. Um, the good news is that at least two of them out of the three are, are, are sport mad. And so we don't fight over the channels of the TV. Um, one of them is, is very different and keeps us honest and keeps us interested in, in other things, which is also really special and amazing. So um, they're very, very individual and unique. Um, but yes, we, we do hope that they, they chase a ball around a field one day soon. And, uh, and without meaning to intrude onto to too personal a level, uh, having the, the two of you, yourself and Duncan, having played sport at that level, what was that like in terms of being able to help support each other out? And was there ever a little bit of competition between the two of you? <laughs> no, actually, it's, it's been amazing. You know, I think both of our careers have been very demanding because, as you mentioned earlier, it, it wasn't just the sporting career. It was the professional career alongside it as well as uh, then bringing up a family. So um, we, the life has been demanding for us, um, but we've, we've understood what sport means to each other. And so there's never a frown or a moan when, uh, when we want to exercise or we want to play sport. Um, so even while living overseas, Duncan would always fly back for the Masters water polo tournament, the most critical sporting event ever. Um, but, you know, I think it's, it's just such a, a common love um, that we both share. And so, so we've been very supportive of each other, I think, throughout our careers, which is awesome. So it's a fantastic, fantastic story. I see uh, uh, Richard Dunn, who's currently uh, uh, avoiding COVID on a nudist resort in the Maldives, saying, uh, Kate, if you sponsor athletes, why do you sponsor Dan? Uh, you don't need to answer that one, Kate. Thank you. We're, uh, we're all good with that. Uh, but what, I, what I would like to do is just go back to hockey before we wrap up and ask you about your view. Now, I know we've touched on the, the business challenge, the financial challenge, and it's probably as tough now as it ever has been for hockey in mm -hmm. South Africa. But from a talent perspective, uh, where do you see South Africa from the organization, the administration? Uh, are we in a, a good space in South African hockey? Um, Dan, honestly, no. No, I would say absolutely not. Um, you know, coaching positions are now um, voluntary positions. Um, there's, no, there's no sponsors at the moment. Um, I think the, the coaching staff and management staff are battling to get the right level of support. Um, so the players at the end of the day are the ones that suffer. And so actually I, I, I watch um, with, with a sad heart at the moment. Um, about the hockey situation in South Africa. And uh, it's amazing to see some, some passionate ex-players, you know, trying to rally up, sorry, trying to rally up uh, sponsors um, to really get behind the players because they shouldn't be the ones that suffer. But at the moment, uh, I would say it's a, it's a, it's a pretty tough, tough situation. Hmm. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, it just doesn't, especially at the moment in this uh, pandemic situation of ours, there's no immediate solution that uh, seems yeah. at hand. Other, other than the fact that hockey still has what has been its lifeblood for so long and which has sustained it, and that it is full of such passionate, dedicated people who will fill those volunteer positions, who will continue to push it, and who will continue to keep dragging it along until it does stumble upon mm. better times, which it will. I believe so too. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Before we let you go and, uh, and head home to that three-hour foot massage from Duncan while you uh, work your way through a bottle of likely wooded Chardonnay, uh, very exciting competition. The Dan Nichols Show is incredibly proud to be a partner with Adidas, just as I am proud to have had uh, two decades or thereabouts 
uh, with the three stripes. And to that end, uh, you've got a brand new product, 19% uh, of South Africa's social media posts in the last 48 <laughs> hours have been Brian Habana running around in a pair of <laughs> luminous shoes. Tell us what those shoes are, why they're so special, how they could save ESCOM, uh, and then we'll lead into a very special <laughs> announcement. Oh, that's classic. Um, yeah, social media, it's exciting to see, you know, the energy takeover on social. But, but Dan, it's, a, it's the launch of, of the next iteration and version of, of the Ultra Boost, our most iconic running shoe. Um, a beautiful franchise, um, but really just packed with innovation. And uh, we obviously are trying to give runners uh, energy back, um, you know, to make them better, faster, run longer. And, and so packed, packed with tech, which I won't bore you with. Um, but, you know, the activation behind it is, is really born out of, out of this COVID pandemic. Um, and what we're trying to do is just harness the, the power and the energy of everyone to run for, for a better cause for one, to keep them healthy and active, um, but two, to, to give back in, in some way. And so globally, um, you know, at the moment, I think I, I looked earlier, we, we're close to 500,000 people across the globe that are taking part in this energy challenge. Um, we've got 250 cities competing and, and the, the city that, um, you know, contributes the most amount of time, um, either running, walking, hiking, um, will actually receive a cash donation uh, for a, a local charity. Um, and so while South Africa, I think we're number 23 on the list of countries, we've donated 6,000 hours at the moment. Um, but we're going to look to try and secure a couple hundred pairs for, for a local charity here as well. Um, so basically just encouraging everyone um, to get active, to run, to walk. Even if you start to crawl, that's okay. But stay active, get fit, share the energy. And, um, you know, also just we need to get people believing again and, and staying positive. I love the collaborative aspect of it, people coming together to get fit together, but also to, uh, to help other people together. How do we get involved? How do we jump in on this? Uh, sign up on the Adidas running app, Dan. There is only a few more days left, uh, but that's okay. Um, if you want to look beautiful um, while running, um, buy a pair of Ultra Boost 21, but that's, that's besides the point. Um, it, it's really just to give back. So yeah, clock, um, clock your distances, your time on the Adidas running app and, and get part of the movement. All right. Well, I've been out running every day, maybe not quite as far as some others, uh, but it's been fun being part of it. Uh, and the new shoe, I haven't worn them, but uh, they do look absolutely phenomenal. And we are going to be sending a pair the way of somebody because coming up tomorrow on uh, Instagram, on the Dan Nichols Show, we are giving away a pair. Uh, it fits anybody uh, as long as your left foot is a size seven and your right foot is a size nine. Uh, now we have them for you and uh, we'll get them off to you. And it's going to be very simple. You'll see the competition tomorrow. You're simply going to have to uh, be following ourselves, be following Adidas, and uh, tag your favorite Adidas athlete. But we'll give you all of the details tomorrow. And uh, do a bit of running as well, just uh, for a good cause. Uh, Kate, it's a really exciting competition. It's a really exciting brand. We love being part of it. Thanks for the support of our, the Dan Nichols Show over our 12 going on 13 seasons to date. Uh, thanks for continuing to support me to show that it's not merely elite athletes uh, that Adidas gets behind, <laughs> uh, but even some of us are a little more measured, uh, like me and Havana. And uh, uh, it's, uh, it's been great watching the career on the field, but I think you're also a great example and a wonderful one for many of our athletes of making that transition off the field into life thereafter and, uh, and keeping your passion burning along the way. So uh, a big thank you. 
Such a pleasure, Dan. You're our longest-standing elite athlete. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Um, it's an absolute <laughs> pleasure to, to partner with you. And thanks for your time and investment and interest in, in myself and in Adidas. Thanks, Dan. There we, there we go. Richard Dunn, I hope you were listening. Longest-serving elite athlete. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, people from all over the world, uh, Katerina Kempf, amongst others, as we say, uh, a big thank you and uh, uh, goodbye to Kate Woods, our South African hockey star, who's also now heading up the marketing here at Adidas in South Africa. And they do have some wonderful initiatives. And we're very open about it. We've got a great partnership with them. Uh, and it's lovely to see the work that they're doing. I see Eva Branda there as well. I think Eva was trying to convince Kate to go to Argentina on her next trip. Good luck, Eva. We've got her back in South Africa. We are not letting her go. Uh, so that's the big news along with uh, the uh, the story of Kate Woods, both career and post-career, is that we've got a pair of those brand new Adidas uh, UB21s to give away. Have a look on our Instagram page from tomorrow. We'll have all the details, but very simply, uh, you'll need to be following us, uh, following the guys at Adidas and uh, adding onto your post, tagging uh, your favorite Adidas athlete here in South Africa. Uh, so that does it for Wednesday. We've got a very special guests coming up tomorrow, but I'll leave the mystery for tomorrow Friday taking off. I'm away for the weekend. Uh, but a whole crew of people coming up next week and some great excitement on the horizon. Some of Mnet's new shows, including The Bachelorette. I think we've got The Bachelorette next week. Uh, we've also got Love Island. Leandy's hosting that. That'll be coming up towards the end of the month. Plus some international sports stars as well. As we move towards kicking off season 13 of The Dan Nichol Show on Supersport, coming up with Bright Rock in April. Thanks for joining us wherever you are around the world. We do appreciate it. We'll see you back for another dose of The Dan Nichol Show with Bright Rock on Instagram Live at 6 o'clock Thursday night. Goodbye. <laughs>